Oh man, friends, I am so excited for this episode today. We're going to be diving into all of the things that have to do with business systems, processes, and automations. And I have an extraordinary guest with me today who's going to talk about all these things. She's an absolute genius when it comes to all things systems and processes and automations. And her name is Kim Hazelton. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her, because after spending decades in various admin and management roles, she has really switched gears and focuses on helping those who've left the traditional job and want to share their passion, knowledge, and experience with the world. And how does she do it? Well, she is a systems superhero providing top-notch strategy, setup, and support. And when I say superhero, I mean she has a cape made of systems. She knows exactly what she's doing, and she has so much knowledge when it comes to all of the things that we're going to be talking about today. And not only is she really a wizard in her field, but she's also a dear friend of mine. Her love for all things systems and processes is downright contagious. Trust me, You're in for a treat today as she spills all the beans on her secrets and her tips to building a really solid business based in your systems and processes. So buckle up and get ready because today she's going to be dropping gems all over the place. Get out your notes app, get your pen and paper, whatever you need, and let's jump in together. Welcome to the Mad Couch Cast. I'm your host, Kendra Gill, and I'm here to help service-based business owners like you create space in your business to ditch the daily hustle and build a business that you love. As a teacher turned certified director of operations, I'll be sharing my strategies on how to free up your time so that you can work in your zone of genius. We'll discuss topics like business planning, systems and processes, productivity, operations, and leadership mindset. Each week, we'll explore ways to build a business that truly brings you joy. So buckle up, because it's time to go from feeling stuck to setting yourself up for success. Let's go scale that business. Hey, Kim. I am so glad to have you on the podcast. I am so excited because we've been friends for a while. We have been in several Zoom meetings. We have been frequenting the same establishments online. So I am so excited to have you here and talk about all things automations and processes. And so first thing, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to all the people listening? Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this just to talk about how I love systems. It's sort of a nerdy thing, but it's kind of where I've been. I spent more than 20 years in health information management. So working with systems and processes and file structure and process management and putting the pieces together so that the team could be as effective as possible. So now I get to do all that sort of stuff for a new group of clients, um, a variety of clients instead of just one hospital. And I'm loving it. I'm loving the adventure. Gives you a little bit of creativity and just a little variety when you get to work with different kinds of businesses, which is fun. Let's talk a little bit about the differences between systems and processes, because I think a lot of people, especially in the online space, tend to use them interchangeably. So Mm -hmm. as we're moving through, just being really clear about what those two things mean within our conversation. So, and you know, you could go out and and look, because I've done this. I've gone out to look for definitions of systems and processes, and they can be really contradictory. So the way I sort of look at it is a system is made up of one or more processes. 
So you think about systems that you're familiar with, the education system, your digestive system, the solar system, if we want to get really broad, you know, those are, they are systems that we're familiar with, but they are made up of a variety of different processes. Your digestive system, when I mean, you know all the things that goes into that, we won't get into what comes out of that. But anyway, <laughs> a system is made up of processes. I know that a lot of people tend to think about, especially in our world, they think about a system as a piece of software, which you know, it a, a piece of software can definitely be a function of your system, but also part of that is what you're putting into that piece of software and how you're using it. So while they do go hand in hand, systems and processes are not the same thing. The one that comes to me most easily is the client management is your system and then your onboarding process and your offboarding process and all those little pieces that go within that is how I've always kind of interpreted systems and processes as well. And you could have multiple systems within a more complex system. So I talk about a client onboarding system and there are multiple steps or processes in that. And so from where you're going, your client onboarding, um, your customer service, your communication could all be part of your client management system. I love talking about just the differences, just so that, you know, we're very clear on what that looks like, right? So if I don't have a whole bunch of processes already set up for my business, I'm winging it. When should I begin to map out those business processes? You know, in an ideal world, you're mapping out your business processes from the get-go to understand what your business is going to be. However, that's not the reality of it. And I, I tend to be kind of a, I'm going to wing it sort of person myself, but then I have to stop and rein myself in. So even if it's just writing down the steps that you're actually taking as you get started, that's going to help you to identify what worked and what didn't work. So it's probably never too early to start, but also if you're already way down the road, it's not too late to start. Let's figure out what is working and what isn't working. It's just not efficient to have to make it up as you go along for the whole time. It's not that we need to have a one size fits all for everybody because that may not work, but what you can system systematize, you should. Yeah, absolutely. When we were looking at writing out the business processes, it doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate, but it does need to have a starting point. You can't wait till you get it all figured out to then run with the process. Right. It's going to be fluid, right? Especially at the beginning. And as you're figuring it out, well, I think, I think this is going to be great. So you get into it and you run with it. And that wasn't really, that didn't really work well. When I, when I worked with a team, that was one of the things I'd say to them all the time. Okay. We're going to come up with a plan that makes sense, but we're not going to chisel it in stone. We're going to work through it. And as we need to tweak, we will, but at least let's have a plan so that we all kind of know what we're heading towards and we've thought it through. Yeah, I really like that the the whole it's not it's not chiseled in stone. You know, when we're looking at perfectionism and things, we just want it to be the best it can be right out of the gate and that's not really how it works. So, when we're looking at automations because the reason I wanted to bring up when do we start with the business processes is that when you're looking at automations, you can't just jump into automations either it will make your life really miserable. Have you ever 
had that experience where you've had the chaos of trying to automate a process that wasn't really thought out fully beforehand? So I've been a professional for a long, long time. So I didn't always have the luxury of automation. So it was policies and procedures that we followed. So we mapped things out so that everybody knew the steps to take. So I've been doing that for a long time and understood the importance of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I haven't experienced a lot of chaos. However, I can give you an example of a time where I did build an automation and I didn't have it as well planned out as I should have. So I had to go back. So it's fairly basic. There was, we had to download a spreadsheet from one system and then reformat that spreadsheet so that it could be used for the processes that we needed to do. So I created a macro to do that. And I had to create the macro on each employee's computer. So I said, okay, this is great. I got it. I went and built the macros on all these machines. And they came in to start working with them and said, this doesn't make as much sense as I thought. And what if we could do it this way? So I had to then go back, work through it, make sure that I had all the steps just right, and then rebuild those macros on everybody's machines. Again, if I would have taken the time, you know, it wasn't like it was hours and hours worth of work, but if I would have taken the time to talk with them first, before I spent the time to build those macros, I could have done it right the first time. What is it? Garbage in, garbage out. Automating garbage is just going to give you garbage. You want to be sure, as you said, that what you're putting in place is really right. If you're just going to have it run without you even paying attention to it, it's got to be right. Or you're just going to be creating more problems. Exactly. I know that. I've probably been on the side of automating too soon, a little too often. I like the idea. I don't like to do things manually. And so I'm like, okay, I'll put it in. I'm going to automate it. I'm going to set up templates. It's going to be great. Until I realized that I have now set up 40 projects under a template that was, and we're in the middle of all of these projects and the template had been missing things. So now not only did I have to update the template, I then had to go into 40 projects and update all of those individually because of the the way that the processes and and the projects were put into the software. And unfortunately for me, it did take many upon many hours to fix just to then find out that I did it wrong. So (laughs) um, it is important to have those, to really think out the process before you do it. Everything is fixable. Everything is figure outable. You know, that whole process is doable. It's just, it'll save you so much time if you have it thought out beforehand. Right, exactly. It's not It's not a disaster, but could it have been better? Yes. Yes, and the whole time I'm going, oh, you, this was so dumb. Why did I do this? And I'm like, if I would have taken five extra minutes to remember to put in all the pieces. Mm-hmm. So I do, the whole time I was talking to myself, I was like, you are just ridiculous. <laughs> Give yourself some grace. Yes, yes. And at the end, I was like, Oh, I did it. I win. I need a prize. I mean, it was, it was a heck of a time. So along those lines, because I know for me, besides starting the automation process too soon, do you have any other common mistakes that you see people make when they're trying to automate their processes and maybe even a little bit of how to avoid those? Right. Well, again, make sure that you understand your processes. You want to understand what the workflow is, everybody that that workflow is going to touch, who's going to be providing input, 
who's going to be on the receiving end of that. As you're thinking through your automations, consider, you know, is this a, is this truly a one size fits all? Do you have a workflow that is just straightforward with no variations? Or are there going to be if then contingencies that you need to build in? Another part of that is to really be knowledgeable about the tools that you work with so you understand their capabilities. Before you decide you're going to build this automation, make sure that the tool that you have can support it. You have to understand what you want to accomplish, what the tools that you have at your disposal are capable of accomplishing before you start building anything so you don't get halfway through it and discover, crap, it won't actually work the way I wanted it to. You got to decide what works best overall for you. Well, and here's the thing. There's no tool out there that is going to answer 100% of your problems or 100% of your needs. And so I know that as I have gone through like project management softwares, CRMs, I kind of geek out about all the tools. I want to try them all. And I know that as I have been in several different ones, it's embarrassing how much time I've actually spent in doing those and not actually doing any work, but just like playing with the tools. <laughs> yeah, it's, for me, it's fun. It, it is interesting to see what problems each one answers because they do all tend to answer something a little bit different. It is an interesting process of choosing the right tool. Right, right. And so you just, you make you make the best choice that you can and, and work with it because there are so many options out there. And oh my gosh, there, yes. there's, just, there's no way to test every single one of them to identify which is it going to be. So right. you just have to come up with your criteria and find the one that that matches. You might find two or three and then choose from there, but don't, don't get out there trying to find the hundreds of them that you might possibly use. So I know, and I have done it because I, I like to Google things. Mm-hmm. I tell my husband, I'm a pro Googler. Like you get, ask me a question. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to figure it out. But I know that I have put into different soft, you know, in, into Google, Hey, what tools are best for CRMs? What tools are best for processes and automations? And you literally get so many options that, I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's almost analysis paralysis of how do I even start? Where do I go? How do I even figure out what I need? Do you have any tips on just how to figure out like which one of these is going to work for me? So, well, here's one of my tips. Hire me to do the research for you, but because I love doing that. So what we'll, we'll talk about what's important to you. What is it that you want to accomplish? What is your comfort level with all things technology? Are you, are you a solopreneur or do you have a team that you're working with? What is your budget? What are your priorities? You know, what's your, what's your client volume? Just a variety of things that we'll look at so that we can then do some research based on what's important to you even looking at, okay, this tool has to have X, Y, and Z. This tool, I would like for it to have this, this, and this, and then having some optional things because, you know, what are the things that are going to be most helpful in making your business efficient? Right, right. But if you're not going to use them, don't don't spend the money for them. I usually do like two or three months of paid per month before I jump into the year. Right. Because I don't want to be stuck with this because if I've paid for it for a year, I'm probably not dumping out six months in 
I'm going to figure out how to make it work for a year. And then I might look at other options. What are your thoughts on maybe doing the, a couple months before you jump into a year commitment? I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, especially with, you know, the free trial, depending on which, which tool it is, how long do they give you and how, you know, what can you do with it? You may or may not be able to get a good, a good feel. And you're right. You don't want to be stuck with something for that long, unless you're, you know, independently wealthy and it doesn't matter, then I guess that's fine. But yeah, I think that that makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. I had a strategy call with somebody last week. She's using a CRM. I've never, ever heard of it. And she wants to know if she can use it more efficiently. So I found they they do have a 14 day free trial. So I'm going to sign up for that, get in there and understand better what it can and can't do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then make some recommendations to her, you know, based on what you've told me, it can accomplish this, it can do this, it can't do this. So then have that conversation. Do you want to continue with this? Or shall we look at something else that's going to allow you to go where you want to go? Yeah, absolutely. I will put a little caveat in there about don't stay stuck in a tool that doesn't serve you. So if you have paid for it, so I'm I'm kind of feel like I'm I'm backpedaling a little a little bit, but if you have paid for a whole year and it's really just not serving you, don't stay stuck in that because it's not going to allow for growth. So that would be my one thing. And don't let switching platforms be overwhelming to you. If you're not the person who wants to switch, find somebody like him who can help you out because, or a lot of these tools have a migration option. Yep. But don't let the fear of switching keep you from using something that would make your business more efficient. Right, exactly. And that's exactly what this gal said. I've been using this for five years and the thought of changing is really frightening. But if that's what I need to do, you know, can you help me through it? So, yeah, absolutely. So if you're building operations, or maybe you're not doing somebody on your team is building out the automations for you, for your processes, how many people should have the responsibility of putting their hands onto those automations? From my personal experience, it would be um, a minimal number, Mm -hmm. a minimal number. And if you're going to have more than one, you have two or three people, you've got to have a really good communication process so people can say what they did. This is what I did. This is why I did it. So that everybody is clear on if they're expect if they're seeing something different, this is why. I mean, you you want to have a contingency plan in case heaven forbid somebody gets hit by a bus. But ideally, that kind of thing you're you're going to want to have a minimal number of hands in that plan. And that's a great point about having maybe multiple people who have an idea of how to do this, but having a point person who is in charge. And if you don't have a backup person for your automations, please, 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 please develop out some kind of SOP or a Loom video that is a tutorial of this is how we do this so that that person could get up and leave your business tomorrow. Then what do you do? Right. And that that is really key. I am working with another client who I'm doing some reporting for her. And as I'm as we're working through this, what do we want to see? What do we want to track? I am I'm identifying those things. This is where I'm pulling this data and this is where this data is coming from. And these are, you know, these are the manipulations that are being done so that, you know, if we decide we don't want to work together anymore, 
or I decide after we go to Italy, I'm going to stay there and not come back to work anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, but she has, she has that to, to be able to move forward with. So that's a really, a really great point. So if there's one hesitant or if there's one pushback that I have gotten when I have worked with clients about setting up automations and processes, it is always how do you balance that need for automation with the importance of personalization? There, people freak out when, well, they're not getting my personal touch. You know, they're not getting my human touch for the process. How do you balance the need for both? Right. So think about how much more time you're going to have that personalized touch if you're able to automate those things that really don't need it. Right. That's that's how I would say to find that that balance. Looking through the lens of there are things that do not need a personal touch in this. You don't need a personal touch for some of the behind the scenes triggers. And you have the time to go back and talk to that person in a way that might be a little more meaningful. So we talked a little bit about the, the importance of, of saving time, but it's also about the customer experience. It's not just about how much time can you save. It's how are you taking care of that client? You know, even if you if you automate a response for somebody who has filled out your information form or a request for information or whatever, if you can automate, I've received that. Thank you for your interest with, you know, here's my a link to my calendar so we can schedule a follow-up or let me add you to my email list, whatever it is, just so that they feel seen heard whatever it is. So it's not that they're sending out something into a void and never hearing from you again. So it's, it's not just a time savings. Right. It's paying attention to the customer. You've thought it through ahead of time so that they're going to be able to do that. And I am getting ready to go on vacation. And so I'm making sure that I have those things in place so that if someone should reach out while I'm gone, I am not working while I'm gone. But I want to make sure that I have those things in place so that um, they're still hearing something and that they know what my return is estimated to be, you know, whatever it is, so that I'm not just ignoring them and my business is on a complete hold for the next two weeks. Nobody likes the feeling of shouting out into the darkness and not hearing anything back. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there is a myth in the automations and process world that setting up processes is for newbies. Like that's a lot of times people have that thinking. And so, and I can't tell you how many times I've worked with somebody and that has not been the case. They've been in business 10 years and the processes are in need of just evaluation and a little bit of overhaul. So how do you ensure that your automated processes continue to be effective over time? So. I would say that there's probably a few ways to do that. I mean, we already said that nothing's chiseled in stone. So it's not that you cannot tweak as you grow and your business grows and morphs and technology changes. You should be doing an evaluation of those kinds of things. You probably want to have some conversations with your clients to find out how did this feel? You know, did you have any, were there any hiccups in our working together? So it may be as part of your offboarding or if you've got retainer clients, maybe you do a, I don't know, quarterly or twice yearly 
check in with them. How are things how are things going? Not just the work I'm doing for you, but how are things going and our ability to communicate with each other and you get what you need from me. Um, so hear from them. They'll help you understand. Um, in, in addition to your own evaluation, um, am I finding it difficult? Am I getting the information that I need from the tools that I'm using? Am I, is the pipeline still working the way I want? Am I able to get the reports that I need to so that I can get a good feel for how well it's working for me? So it should be, it should be an analysis that's being done. You know, it doesn't have to be done all the time, but it should be done right. routinely so that you know that your tools are working as well as they can. For, and maybe they are. Maybe you don't need to change anything. I'm not a, I'm not an advocate for change just for the sake of change. But again, let's make things work as efficiently for you as possible, especially if you're seeing a lot of growth in your business or you've added three new offers or new service lines. You, you have to adjust to stay current with that. But I think reaching out to your client is probably also a good way to do that because you might think things are great and they have a different opinion. Right. And sometimes they just need an outlet to be able to say, instead of hearing the outlet of this isn't working when they're upset and angry and want to leave, instead of saying, hey, how can we better our relationship? And what what are some things that you feel like you're missing from me? You're taking the initiative and they feel supported instead of angry and frustrated. Absolutely. So if I, if I came to you and I was your client, what are some tips or maybe first steps to say, okay, you've outgrown this process. Now here's what we do. All right. So I would make sure that we have a good picture of what that process is and then what's working well and what's not working well. What do you wish was working differently? At least capture that. Have a good representation of what was there so that you don't have to start from scratch. Again, your business is probably not starting from scratch. You're you're just growing, you're morphing, you're changing a bit. So I don't know if you're the same way as I am, but I would much rather take a document that somebody has already put together and then I can just modify it. I can tear it up, tweak it, whatever, rather than having to put the brain power into creating it all from the beginning. And mm -hmm. some people probably like that, but my recommendation is don't reinvent the wheel. Really take what you take what you know and build on that. Get rid of what's not working, keep what is and add to it. Yeah, absolutely. There have been times where I have worked in my own business on this has been such a hot mess. It's not worth fixing. And so you do have to have some discernment in that. And if you're not sure, maybe the best thing to do is just to refer out to someone else who has a really good handle. If you've got somebody on your team who is fabulous with your systems and processes, take that to them before you decide to burn it all down or fix things because they may have a different approach that will save you time and energy. I would agree. I, I would agree. There, there may be a time just to start new, mm -hmm. but I, I would always recommend yes. having a, at least, you know, an archive of what was there so that you can refer to that. Yeah. Don't, don't rebuild the same problems. <laughs> don't rebuild. That's a good point. Don't rebuild the same problems. That's, that is brilliant. So before we hop off the call today, before we jump off, 
what is one action that people can take today? Because we've we've given out a lot of really good juicy tips, a lot of really brilliant gems. What is one step someone can take today to help with their business's efficiency or just putting themselves setting themselves up for success? It's not going to be sexy, but it's documentation. <laughs> it that's really that's mm-hmm. really what it is. If you're documenting what what you're doing what those steps are, what your processes are, then you don't have to remember them all the time. If you're bringing somebody onto your team, you already have that in place so that you don't have to then spend time with the brain dump for them of getting all that stuff out. It's like my least favorite thing to do, but it's hugely important. It really is hugely important to have that documentation of what your processes are, what are your automations? What do they do? And yeah, I have a client that comes back to me regularly and says, okay, I'm I'm here now and I don't remember the next thing. And I'll say, remember this document that we put together. This is step 4A and here's the video that goes along with it. So I don't have to try to remember what I built for her, you know, nine months ago. We have it all documented so that I can just show her where that is. Let's go through it again together so that you can refresh your mind. And here's where it is. Yes, that's great. And if you've built that document, make sure you know where it is. <laughs> put, it in, put it in somewhere smart, you know, pin it to your desktop, whatever you got to do to remember where that document is. I have um, in the past, I'm a writer. I like to physically write things down. And my husband laughs at me. He's like, there's this thing. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's called a computer. It can do all of that for you. And it saves it. I a lot of times have to actually do the process of writing it down on a piece of paper and then transfer that over because that's the way my brain processes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But don't leave it on the paper. Take a picture. If you if nothing else, take a picture and upload it to your Google Drive, right? But yep. have it where you know where it is and not just, oh, I threw it in my desk somewhere, or, you know, something like that. Know where it is. <laughs> yep. There's a reason that um, my camera doesn't show my desk. Oh man, mine too. Yes. Um, I'm a paper person as well. There's just something about that action, something with the synapses from your brain to your hands to the, to the paper. Yeah. Yes. So where can, if if people are like, man, I need Kim in my life. She's amazing. She knows how to do all of this stuff and is brilliant at it. Where can they find you? So just a tiny little advertisement. I just finished building my website. Which is my new all in one business automation tool. It's fabulous. But you can go to systemssuperhero.com and find me there. I'm on LinkedIn, Kim Hazelton. But systems superhero, systems with a S and superhero.com is my website. Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. And just a little side note here for you if you need your entreport set up, Kim is the person to do it. She is amazing. She's spent a lot of time researching how that tool works and can make it work for you. So don't hesitate to reach out to her because listen, you just don't want to spend the time doing that. Kim's already figured it out, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's so, pretty cool. all right. I so appreciate you being here. I am really grateful that you made time to be on the podcast because you have so many really great things to talk about and you're so knowledgeable And you remind me of a lot of things that I need to do in my own business, but (laughs) I'm really grateful that you came on to the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
All right, we'll chat later. All right, bye, Kendra. Thank you again for joining me today. I hope this episode was able to provide value and some encouragement as you pursue big things. If you enjoyed what you heard or if you got something useful from today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a review or share this episode with someone in your circle. And if you'd like to connect with others who are on the same journey as you, join my free Facebook community. Have an amazing week full of success. And until next week, enjoy your time.